In this episode of Order Within, we delve into the vital exploration of inner turbulence and self-discovery with our guest, David Lee, master coach and half of the husband-wife duo of their coaching practice, Daring Deeply. We uncover the powerful influence of our masculine and feminine energies, how they shape our relations with ourselves and others, and how they can amplify our internal chaos or soothe our inner turmoil. As we dig deep into David's empowering and touching journey, he illuminates the trail for those ready to take brave leaps into their path of self-realization. So let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to Order Within, navigating a world of endless chaos and crisis. Many of us are experiencing inner turmoil, insecurity, anxiety, fears, and isolation. These feelings are only being amplified by news cycles, social media, and never-ending political madness. How do we find our way out of the chaos? How do we find strength within ourselves? How do we find meaning in a world driven by materialism? These questions and many more I aim to answer on the show. My goal is to be a trusted guide on your journey to selfhood. May you find what you seek. Hello and welcome everyone. I'm your host, Brandon Ward, back with another episode of Order Within. We've got a fantastic guest today. We've got David Lee on the show, who is a master coach, communicator, entrepreneur, writer, destabilizer of what is for what could be, and is highly allergic to mediocrity. Through a trauma-informed polarity lens, David leverages his 30 years of experience and expertise in trauma healing relationships, wellness, and communication to bring empowered awareness and everlasting emotional healing to his clients and audiences. This healing results in breaking negative patterns to realize real life change and extraordinary relationships. David, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you, Brandon. It's good to be here. Good to be here. Yeah, man. Well, I'm excited to talk to you. We had a good initial conversation I think a week or so ago when we first met. Sure. It was a week ago. It might have been a year ago, but it felt like two days ago. I don't know. It does feel like it was just a couple of days ago, but regardless, <laughs> we're going to dive in the weeds today. I think I I haven't had anyone on the show yet in particular to, to discuss in detail the masculine feminine components. You and your wife run a husband and wife business together, which is quite the feat in and of itself. And so I'm excited to talk with you, man. I've got a, a good list of things we're going to dive into, but I, I'd like to start if we can Something that I connect with too, by the way, when you told me your story is you were about 30 years of wandering and almost you said aimless or journeyman a bit is what you were talking about. And I think there's a lot of people mm -hmm. that can resonate with that because mm -hmm. you and your wife started, well, you started about five years ago, right? On this journey of, of self-development. Yeah. Yeah. So 2018, I, I heard a colleague of mine, I was in business to business sales at the time. I was working for a multi-billion dollar company selling widgets. We'll just leave it at that. And uh, one of my colleagues, we were actually on a conference call. This was before Zoom. So there was a time when everybody got on a phone call. And, uh, <laughs> and I, heard my, I heard one of my colleagues say something incredibly profound. And it really touched me. And I can't even tell you what it was now. But I did jump off that conference call, called him direct shortly after that. And I said, hey, brother, you just said something incredibly powerful to me. What in the world? And where did you get that from? Well, he began to tell me that he had joined an organization of like-minded entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and it was really helping him. It was transforming his relationship. It was transforming his income. It was transforming who he was. And so I was intrigued, and I also was very skeptical. And I thought, uh-oh, uh-oh, what's he talking about? Is this an MLM? Is this some sort of cult? What are you telling me about, brother? But he said, hey, listen, why don't you get on a phone call? 
with one of these gentlemen from this organization and just listen to him, hear him out. So I did. I got on this phone call with this particular gentleman and it was a train wreck. I felt like the whole time I was being sold some sort of bill of goods was mm. completely turned off. I jumped off that call. My friend called me back and said, hey, what'd you think? And I said, no, thank you. I'm not interested. This was not the most elevated conversation. He said, okay, I tell you what, I'm going to invite you to be curious. Give me a second chance. I said, okay. He said, talk to this one particular individual. He's another individual from this organization. Just get on the phone with him. I said, okay. So I got on this second phone call about a week later with a gentleman named Justin, and it changed my life. Justin came from a place of openness and vulnerability and power and understanding and explanation and shared with me how this organization has transformed lives. People who have been a part of it has elevated everything and every aspect of who they are as an entrepreneur, as a father, as a husband, all the things. And so I said, okay. So I committed right then and there to go and fly to San Francisco several months later to spend three days with this organization and see if it was something that I really wanted to incorporate into my life. Now, I'd never done anything like this before. I didn't even know what personal development was. I used to think that Tony Robbins was an alien, which I kind of still think Tony Robbins is an alien and God bless him. He's, he's, he's I concur with that. <laughs> I concur with that. We actually, my yeah. wife and I just watched Shallow Howl. We had it on the other day and he's in that briefly. Yeah. The guy is, he's, he is a different type of human. He's so a different human. He could human. be an alien. Yeah, he could be an alien. <laughs> and then as certainly as we say in our work, if you identify someone as an alien, then you're probably one too. So that's you know, the only I, way I you just, see him, man. That's right. That's right. So God bless Tony. And, and if there's no Tony Robbins, there's no David Lee, right? So I, he is obviously a trailblazer in the coaching space and the personal development space. So anyway, I went to this event. I sat in a room with 14 other individuals from across the planet who were looking to improve who they are. And I joined this organization and I was often running in the personal development world. And my life really began to change. And I didn't, it was the first time I was ever on a group video call. And I thought, boy, this is what, 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 and we're sharing ideas and we're talking and we're opening up and people are reaching out to me and wanting to get to know me and wanting to see the very best of who I am. This was all new to me uh, because as you indicated earlier, I have been wallowing, languishing in ways to grow and develop and move through life and try to improve, but kept banging my head against the wall because I simply did not know mm -hmm. where to go. I didn't know why why there was something inside of me that was driving so much pain, so much disillusionment, so, so much confusion, so much of the same repetitious relationship patterns that I was stuck in. Hmm. And I kept thinking, what is wrong? What is wrong? And I kept looking outside the window as opposed to in the mirror. And that's what this organization and really personal development for me, when I was introduced to this, what it really showed me was, hey, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. As <laughs> Taylor Swift would say. And so... I joined this organization about nine months later, I was feeling like it was time to move forward, move on to something different. And I got on yet another phone call with this individual named Justin. And he said, hey, as a matter of fact, I'm getting ready to launch my own mastermind, my own personal development organization for men. And I said, if you do that, I'll be your first client. And he said, well, I'm really not sure. I've got a new baby, I'm just newly married. And I said, it sounds like you need to take it, you know what, or get off the pot. <laughs> and that conversation helped lead him to make a really powerful decision for himself and his future. And I did indeed become his first client and he became my first coach. And so over the next awesome. 18 months, he challenged me. Now I'm still in the business to business world at that time, selling widgets. And he challenged me a couple of months into our coaching environment, our coaching relationship. And he said, 
David, you've been coaching people for 25 years and not getting paid for it. So stop it. Mm. I said, ouch. Thank you, sir. May I have another? <laughs> and he said, this is what you need to do. This is why you were crafted and created on this planet. You were created to help people begin to heal who they are, what has happened with them and to them to release them to the life of their dreams. I said, sounds good. It's pretty epic. <laughs> it's pretty epic. <laughs> so he saw within me something that I couldn't see within myself. And so over the next 18 months, I began to really, our coaching practice, my coaching practice began as a blog on Facebook on January 1st, 2019. And the very first blog entry, it was simply, I was writing, I was spilling out into the cyber world on Facebook. And that very first entry on January 1st, 2019 was an apology letter to my former spouse, to my children's mm. mother. Now, where that was going to go, how that was going to go, I, I didn't know, but I, I was so incredibly compelled to do that. I, I, I said, if, I, if I'm going to launch into something, if I'm going to put myself out there, I've got to be vulnerable. I've got to redefine what it is to be a man, to be strong in his passion, strong in his purpose, and be able to open up to the world and say, you know what? These are the mistakes that I made. And I'm asking for forgiveness. I'm apologizing. Whether or not it ever reaches the place where it is intended, it doesn't matter. And so mm. therein, I began to write more and more and more and more nearly every day at that point, And people began to take notice. They would send me direct messages through Facebook and say, hey, what you're saying is pretty powerful. What's, go what's going on? And I began to bring on client here, client there to begin coaching. Now, I had no idea what I was doing. It was <laughs> coaching. What, is, what does that even mean? I, I, I have been a coach for my kids' soccer teams and whatnot. Well, what, what, what is a life coach? What does a coach actually do? But I learned and I put the reps in and I continue to bring a client here and a client there. So over those 18 months, I began a side hustle along with my corporate business, my nine to five, and would have clients in my off hours. And then finally, it came to a head on June 2nd, 2020, right at the beginning of the pandemic, I chose, I chose to leave my cushy six-figure income corporate job and launch into something that I had no idea where it was going. But as I've told so many people, I had no choice. I had no choice. I had to. Mm. I could no longer wait. The drive and the passion and the purpose inside of me was going to move, and I better get out of its way. So I held mm. on for dear life, launched Daring Deeply on June 2nd, 2020. About two weeks before that, I actually met my future wife on a virtual retreat, a virtual conference. Now, at the time, she was already involved in a long-time relationship, so we just became friends, honored <laughs> that relationship, and about six months later, she made an independent decision to move from that city, move from that relationship, move across the country on her own to Nashville, Tennessee, and begin a new life. And shortly thereafter, we popped the cork on our romantic relationship. Six months later, she joined my coaching practice officially. And then about a year and a half later, we got married. And now we are husband and wife in our coaching practice called Daring Deeply. Wow, man. There's the story. Well, thank you for sharing. That's awesome. You've, it's obvious to me that you have had a, uh, a record and a career in sales because of the concise component of that, being able to distill information in that manner. I imagine is very effective and helpful for you in your coaching practice, because I think there's a lot of wisdom in the story that you shared there, David. One, nobody likes to be sold to first and foremost. And as a real sales professional, it sounds like, which is what Justin was in his capacity is going to listen and open up and be vulnerable. And so that, there's some little small wisdom bits in there, but also, man, the power of vulnerability, like you started this whole piece, one, just leaping into the unknown takes a lot of courage. Mm -hmm. 
willing to be foolish by publishing your, your blog posts on Facebook openly. I mean, publicly apologizing to your past wife is, that's a scary thing to do, man. And, but what's incredible is all that growth came from your willingness to, to push through that fear and be open and vulnerable and, and willing to look foolish. I think sometimes we don't realize that when we do great things, I, mean, I think Daring Deeply is a wonderful, I love that name of your company because it's, you. it's very telling to what you're doing. We have to be willing to be foolish. We have to be daring if we're going to go right. deep like that and, and put ourselves out there. And I, so you really highlighted a lot of those pieces in that story that brought you to where you are now. And what's amazing about this space in general is if we bring our experiences, our stories, our authenticity, there's a lot of value that we can provide and share with others like, because people will relate to that journey. Not You don't have to be Tony Robbins. You don't have to be whatever to be to connect with people at a human level and, yeah. and help them reach levels of greatness within. So I appreciate that component, David, from your story, mm -hmm. because it's you being who you are, you connected with your wife, you found this incredible coach, you, and also you pushed your buddy, Justin, in, out of his comfort zone. Sometimes life is like, actually, no, you may think this is what you're doing, but this is what you're doing. And you were a part of mm -hmm. that. We become an impetus to the universe, I think, when we open ourselves up. There's a lot of good in there. So David, we're, we're so now... You started your practice. You've been in it. So you've been doing it a few years now. Your sure. wife are doing it together. You guys are doing it. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I thought was really interesting about the work you're doing is your focus on the masculine and feminine mm -hmm. and, and how all that kind of plays in. So before we dive into that work specifically, I'd love to hear about your own in your journey related to your inner masculine, your in inner mm -hmm. feminine, and, yeah. and the work that you had to do inside to get you to where you are now. Yeah, great question. Yeah, I think the story really begins just two weeks after I was born. So we'll go way back, Brandon. Okay. Let's do we'll, it. We'll go full, we'll go way back. So tragically and unexpectedly, my mother passed away just two weeks after I was born. Medical, as, as we say today, probably in a litigious society that we live in today, we would own the hospital. <laughs> mm. So it was hospital error. Mm. She was left alone. She aspirated and died. She was in for, for a routine, hey, postpartum, we think something's going on post-birth stuff. And she was fine. She was in recovery actually, and actually aspirated, was left alone and passed away. Uh, so I was immediately thrown into, even though consciously I wasn't, I wasn't there. I was immediately thrown into a deep level of trauma. And mm -hmm. let's be honest, when we enter the world, it's pretty traumatic. Just going through the birth canal, it's pretty traumatic, right? Yeah. So, so I was instantly launched into an environment that where a son no longer had his mother. And so what I realized 47 years later was that I had spent my entire life trying to save her. Therefore, mm. therefore being into, and I will explain this, being more in my wounded feminine energy, which means more of, I need to be a savior for women to mm. in, in the presence of a nice guy, in the presence oh. of, I'm going to allow them to control, let them lead because I don't want to be the, quote, toxic masculine individual who has stripped them from who they are as a woman. Mm. So what I didn't realize until I began to do my own work was, wow, I am not only, I'm not only placating my own wounds, but I'm also connecting to women who are in their wounded masculine energy, mm. whereas I was wallowing and languishing in my wounded feminine energy. Now, there are a lot of factors that went into that, and it, but the reality is, I realized, huh, this doesn't feel right. I have always been so incredibly confused around this idea of masculine and feminine. In fact, I was turned off for decades on this idea that masculine is, is 
it's beards and it's tattoos and it's Harleys and it's being gruff and rough and controlling and the bad boy and all of that. And I rejected that highly. But as I was doing that, I was moving into more of a wounded feminine energy as opposed mm. to a healing masculine energy. So it wasn't until I really began to embody this idea of what is healing masculine energy. What really is that as opposed to, and since we live in the, the post Me Too era, since we live mm. in the post feminist era, everything has been incredibly confusing over the last 50 years or so. And so many people on the planet are incredibly confused. And, and, and in essence, what Paige and I, what my wife Paige and I bring to the world is an, a true understanding of what grounded, powerful, masculine energy is and what surrendering, loving, gentle, feminine energy really is. And when those two come together, look out, you have the most powerful, you have the most erotic, you have the most passionate, you have the mm -hmm. most grounded relationship that you can ever, ever create. And so that's where we are. But I had to go through my own journey and so did Paige, which by the way, we get asked this all the time. So David, my husband and I, a woman will say, or my wife and I, a husband will say, we feel like we're inverted. He is more in his feminine. I am more in my masculine. Can that change? And we say, absolutely. We are evidence of that. When I mm. met my wife, I was more in my, still in my wounded feminine, and she was more in her wounded masculine. So did we attract one another? Of course we did. That's called a trauma bond. That's mm. <laughs> when a wounded part of us attracts and is attentive to a wounded part of a partner. And oftentimes that's disguised as we have so much in common. <laughs> and so it feels like, wow, we have, we're just two peas in a pod. In reality, our trauma bonds, our trauma wounding, which is still left over from unprocessed times in childhood is still here in adults. And it's being disguised as, aren't we great together? But in reality, it's a trauma bond. And so we have done this work since we have gotten together in a relationship. And so, and we're still in that process. I am now mm -hmm. much more in my powerful masculine energy, and she is much more in her surrendering feminine energy. And it is a work that we will continue to, to do for the rest of our lives. After all, for the vast majority of my life, I was completely inverted within myself. And I thought, mm -hmm. oh, this is the way that a man should live. Based on what I had seen, my father spent most of his life in his wounded feminine energy too. And where does that come from? Mm -hmm. His father and his father before him and his father before him. So we deal a lot in generational trauma wounding as it's passed down generation to generation too. So it's not just, oh, I need to know what happened in my childhood. That's critically important in our work. And sometimes we're completely confused because we have no idea where that particular trauma wound, that trauma response came from until we if we have the opportunity to go back a couple of generations and find out, oh, well, grandmother was doing this too. Grandfather mm. had this tragedy, et cetera, et cetera. Wow, man. I, there's so much that I connect with in that story too. And I appreciate you sharing, David. It takes a lot of courage to do that because there, there is a lot of confusion to your point around masculine and feminine and what that looks like, healthy expressions of that. Mm -hmm. And also just how important this work is because when we step into our power when we step into that healing journey we offer the chance to heal generations of trauma that has been going on and unless we do that unless we become aware and conscious and make the decision to do it it will continue on yes. and that's why this work is so important and it's so fantastic one that you and your wife are out here doing this for other people 
but two, from a communal perspective, from a conscious collective perspective, mm-hmm. like this work is critical for humanity to to level up and and move beyond those generational wounds. And I love to, because David, that's where I was, man, when I started on this, I, I had no concept of what healthy masculine was. I was operating out of my wounded feminine. I was in the nice guy cycle, yeah. like this whole broken, and it's, I know you know what I'm talking about because we, we have these ideas, but it's, man, I can't believe though you lost your mother two weeks old and you want to talk about trauma, dude, that, that's crazy that you had to unpack. I can't imagine grappling with that concept and, and having to unwind and heal that part of yourself. But the beautiful thing is I don't, people don't realize the balance and peace and power that comes from healing these components, even though it can be very challenging and scary. But once we, and sometimes for some women, they're more masculine naturally, they feel, but we all have these components, right? And I think that's important. The question that your clients ask you, can Mm -hmm. we make that change? Mm -hmm. And absolutely. But it's also important to recognize, is that truly your authentic self? And I think sometimes we get mixed up and like, well, I'm just a sensitive guy and I'm not. And that's true. But I was sensitive, David, and I was miserable. Mm -hmm. I'm still sensitive now, but I'm much more happy and fulfilled because Mm -hmm. I've anchored into that power to your point. And it's a practice. It doesn't Mm -hmm. just, we don't just, okay, I'm good. I'm healed now and I'm done. You don't undo a whole lifetime in even a few years. So I I love that you all are living that and true Mm -hmm. to that. So going from there, you're, you've, you've doing this work, you and your wife are still doing this work together. What are some of the common things that you all see in your practices? And like, what are, for listeners out there, if they're mm-hmm. tuning in, what are some things to that they could look for, think about that you all often see in your practice? Yeah. I think the number one complexity that occurs, because we, we really work out of a lens of relationship. As we've discovered, every single person on this planet wants to be in some sort of romantic connection, romantic partnership, right? We can deny it. We can be bitter about it. We can be regretful about it. We can say... <laughs> All the things like, you know what? It's really not worth it. I would be better single or I will be better in whatever capacity, right? We've, we've, I was we've, once this guy, by yeah, the way, David. Yeah, I was me once too. that guy. Me too. So. Me too. Me too. <laughs> the reality, though, it, it keeps drawing us back. That's why we're so drawn to romance. That's why we're so drawn to love songs. That's why we're so drawn to social media. That's why we're so drawn to reality television, mm. right? Yeah. Oh, gosh. So really, it serves as as a way for folks to truly understand how their masculine and feminine trauma wounding as we identify it. So where Paige and I land in this space is we have fused polarity, masculine and feminine energy, with trauma healing. And what we've helped people identify is there are masculine trauma woundings. There are feminine trauma woundings. Control, for example, is a wounded masculine energy from a trauma wounding from childhood. Passivity is a wounded feminine energy from an unprocessed wound from childhood. And it helps our clientele, it helps the world say, oh, I do have trauma. Because the reality is every single one of us still has, still possesses unprocessed trauma within our nervous system, every single one of us. So mm-hmm. when people say, oh, I don't have trauma, I, don't, I had a great childhood. I promise you that your body, your nervous system, sometime in childhood was overwhelmed. And that's how we define trauma, is when mm. the nervous system finds itself in an overwhelmed position, which can be as easily and as simply as falling off your bike and skinning your knee. That Mm. is trauma. 
if it's not processed, if it's not released. It's not the event. This is what's important for people to understand. Trauma is not the event. It's not what happened to you. It's what happened with you. Mm. Important distinction. And it's the negative energy that's still entrapped in your nervous system that hasn't been released. That trapped energy is what we refer often as triggers. When you mm-hmm. feel your body react, when you get pissed, when you get sad, when you get depressed, when somebody says something and it triggers you, that is evidence of still an unprocessed wound that is still festering inside of you. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that people will come to us and understand is, yes, I have trauma. Yes, 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 yes. Help me heal. <laughs> Help me begin to, as we say, identify where did it come from, validate, understand that it's okay. Everybody has it. It's, a, it's okay. Oftentimes we shame our past. Mm-hmm. We regret yep. our past as opposed judge to, val- we judge it. Exactly. So the opposition to judgment is validation. So we teach our clients how to begin to evaluate, evaluate, validate their past. Mm. It's very much how we want to communicate with our loved ones. We want to validate their emotions. We want to validate who they are as a person. This is in essence, as you were saying, This is the global conflict that continues to go on. This is a conflict that goes on in the Middle East right now because people Mm. are not validating one another. They're simply throwing stones or missiles, whatever it is, right? Tragically. Because no one is listening. No one is being curious before critical and no one is validating. Well, we have to do this on the individual scale first before we can affect Mm. a country, before we can affect an entire movement or a faith-based system or a community, or even a household. Most especially, you cannot change your partner. Mm. Newsflash, I'm going to let that pause, right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Newsflash, you cannot change your partner. You cannot change your wife. You cannot change your husband. Have you tried, ladies and gentlemen? Love you, but you can't, okay? You tried, I'm sure. And as the great Dr. Phil McGraw once said, how's that working for you? It's not, okay, it's not. We try, we try to manipulate, we try to guide, we try to push the pamphlet across the table that says, come on, babe, let's go to a marriage conference. Meanwhile, he's like, no, I'm good. I got football on Saturday. Mm. So we know that we cannot change our spouse. So at the core of our work is what we refer to as sovereignty, autonomy, interdependence. You do this work for you, not to save your marriage. There's no such Mm. thing as saving a marriage. There's no such thing as fixing a marriage. There's no such thing as fixing your relationship. There is no relationship to fix. There's only you in which to heal. And when you begin Mm. your own independent healing journey, then the overflow of that can affect a marriage, can affect your children, can affect your workplace, can affect the community, can affect another global nation, but it has to begin with the self. Too often people will come and say, David Page, we want you to help us save our marriage. And I look at them with gleaning eyes and absolute direct masculine truth and say, we don't do that. What we will do, I promise you, is if you commit to this independent healing work, we can help. It's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. It's an David, it's funny, and I think when you look at our culture at a high level, we're, we're seeing this dance play out. You mentioned it. The Middle East is a prime example of that. This endless cycle of us really refusing to reflect and look at ourselves and work within. Because 
And there's a story, I don't even, it's this story about a monk that, you know, he's, he goes through this whole thing, you know, when I was young, I wanted to change the world. And then when I got older and, and so and so and so, and then the final point is when I became wise, I realized that the only change that I have is within myself. And that is the rippling effect to your point. Right. You overflow. Now you're offering because just like on the airplane, you can't help someone if you don't have oxygen. And this is giving ourselves oxygen. That's our first priority. One of the things that I love about Dr. Dr. Jordan Peterson that he mentions, people are different on him or not, but cleaning up your room. Mm -hmm. Stop screaming about the world. Clean up your room. It's right. a principal component, right? right. You've got to deal with your messes in your life because yep. we all have them, to your point. All of us have trauma, man. Everyone. Right. right. And there's a beauty in that, though, realizing that no one's perfect. We're all kind of screwed up and we've all gone through hard things mm -hmm. and we're all figuring it out. But that connects us as a common family, as a human family, as a spiritual right. family. We're all learning. We're all growing. But if every one of us adopted that, and David, what's amazing, man, is I'm attracting these incredible guests on my show, including yourself, and that thread is the common thing. Every one of my guests that's come on and talked about the work that they're doing and the variety of capacity it is that they do it, that core thread is it starts with us. And if we did the work first, everything else would start to take care of itself. Mm -hmm. And I just don't. It's hard. Because we got to humble ourselves and accept we've got shit to work on. Mm -hmm. I think that's hard sometimes. It is. It is. And so when, you, when you're dealing with your clients and mm -hmm. that you, you give them that square, like we don't do that. Right. Their initial response is probably, oh, I'd be curious, like, where do you go from there? Like, do they typically yeah. receive it? I mean. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it varies. It varies. Yeah. Oftentimes. And this is why people will ask us, so what do you think about couples therapy? What do you think about couples counseling? And we don't. We, I work with married couples, but I work with them individually. So mm. I work one-on-one -on -one with the husband. I work one-on-one -on -one with the wife. Now, what they're doing behind closed doors, I hope they are. They're <laughs> taking what they're receiving from my coaching, from Paige's coaching, and integrating it. It's the overflow of their own work that is making the marriage better. Sometimes mm. it's received, sometimes it's not. But oftentimes... When people aren't ready, that they're still encased in the wounding that says, but it's his problem. It's something my husband is doing. It's something my wife is doing. It's something our mother-in-law is doing. <laughs> We're just cursed. We have this. Well, you know what? We've got this problem. We've got this issue. We have too many kids. We're too busy. Whatever the case may be. Whatever. What, whatever, <laughs> whatever the, as we say, lovingly, again, but very courageously and directly, is excuses. And so... If they are ready to hear it, then they're ready. And I will say the vast majority of the time when they hear that narrative from us, it makes sense. Because we mm. present it in a way that says very much like the oxygen mask and very much they, they understand that. You have to take care of you first. Unfortunately, we're working against an entire cultural, societal, worldly, global narrative that says the relationship is what matters between mm -hmm. two people. The relationship between father, son, the relationship between sisters, the relationship, whatever the case may be, it's, I need to work on the relationship. We need to work on our relationship. No, you don't. You don't need to work on your communication. You don't, you don't need to work on your sex life. You don't need to work. Those are all overflows of, are you doing your inner work? And that's where we come into play. Man, that's, I love it because there, the world really does focus on the other, the out there like the things that you need to fix, quote unquote, outside yourself. And, that, and that's mm -hmm. the great deception, to your point. That's the, mm -hmm. the misleading component. But that's also why this work is so critical. 
And it's empowering because it's at first it's terrifying because you go, holy shit, I'm responsible for everything that's happened in my life right now and all the stuff, all the messes that I've made. That's me. I've done a lot of this stuff. But then you go, mm -hmm. wait a second. I'm also the solution. I have the power to, to work on this, to heal, to come back to everything that I felt inside of me, even though I didn't know what it was or not sure what it is or unclear what that may be. But there's something in me that's living that wants out. And by taking that responsibility, we're also taking back our power. So it's terrifying and empowering altogether, isn't it? Absolutely. We call that exhilaration. It is the mm. fusion of excitement and terror. <laughs> so for the thrill seekers out there, you know what I'm talking about. It's like when you jump out of that airplane, which I haven't done yet, I'm still concerning. Yes. Although a page, if my wife hears this, if my children hear this, they'll be like, dad, seriously, Dave, David, are you, are you kidding? No, With it, but I thrive on the thrill in many facets of my life, launching a coaching practice, being an entrepreneur, as you know, mm, is yep, yep. exhilarating to me. So it is, the, it is that match. And this work is exhilarating. It's terrorizing because we're going to dig into and uncover some things that you may not want to, your conscious self doesn't want to see or cannot mm. see. As one of our clients told us years ago, and she's still working with us, God bless her, she's incredibly She's incredibly awakened now and, and working so, so hard on her wounding. She said to me initially when we met, she said, so David, I'm not sure I have trauma. Do we need to go look for it? And I said, oh no, oh no, oh no, we'll find it. It'll find us. It'll find, It'll find us. us as we continue to do this work. And sure enough, here we are a couple of years later and we're in case in this. And she continues to very much em embody the video game narrative, which is, oh, I've reached another level. It should be easier because I've conquered the previous level. Whoops, nope, it gets harder. It gets harder because now I'm more awakened to more. And before I couldn't reach an understanding of that particular trauma wound until I reached this one, until I reached this one, until I reached this one. This work is, as I say to all of my clients who come on board, be careful what you wish for because oh, your life man. is going to be incredibly different in three months, in six months, in a year. Because you're doing this work, there may be people around you, people around you who you deem very, very close to you now that may not be here in relationship with you now, mm. then. And that's really hard. And we've, we, those of us who have done inner work have experienced this. And it can be incredibly lonely. It can be incredibly mm. confusing. It can be really, really decisive, divisive with family members, with old friends, where they, in fact, I will just say, there are many of our family members on both sides that have no idea what Paige and I do. Hmm. <laughs> because it's confusing, because it's deep, because it's profound, because we're yep. digging into stuff that they may not necessarily be ready to do themselves. And that's okay. That's okay. Yep. We love them where they are. And it also indicates to us where we need to hold boundaries. Because mm -hmm. oftentimes we're still waiting for them to come along with us. And yeah. if we're looking back at them, trying to pull them along, that's not, that's not honoring who we are to move forward as well. Mm. And it's also not honoring their journey, isn't exactly. it? And where they are, because exactly. it's, I know that's a great point. You know, my wife has this funny saying that she says, it says the, she says, the more you heal, the less you can deal. Mm -hmm. And it's like the less you can deal with kind of the BS, the yep. stuff like this starts coming out. And that's why boundaries are so important. You don't become rude. You're not harsh. Right. But you are clear on what you want and what you need. And, and you have to communicate that sometimes. And that can be very uncomfortable. And people will phase out of your life. The more you progress and grow, 
I mean, the crab bucket concept is real. You know, the, if you're trying to climb out of the bucket of crabs, other crabs pull them down. So you've got to be mindful of kind of the crabs in your life. Yep. And then you've got to look for the lions and eagles and the people that are helping you rise and level up and, and go beyond where you are and fly out of the bucket and transform. Right. It's, it's, but that's that dance. And it's scary. It's the, the thing that's challenging, David, and I think this is the deceptive part of it, is comfort deceives us in that it's easier. Mm -hmm. But it's in the long run, it's far more difficult to stay in our shit, in our yep. trauma, in yep. our wounds yep. than it is to, to start this journey and to heal and progress and move forward. Yeah. We often have a differentiation between the word comfort and contentment. Mm -hmm. Comfort keeps us stuck. Comfort is that really nice chair, that, that couch <laughs> that we just cannot get out of on a Sunday afternoon when we're watching football. Now, that's my story. Mm -hmm. um, contentment is I am in a chair that suits me and it doesn't allow me to stay there for too long. Mm. So this was an affirmation. I'll share this with the audience. This was an affirmation that I learned from a friend of mine. I can't even recall who it is, but for about six months, Brandon, I said this to myself every single day, every morning I got up and I said this, I said, David, as I'm talking to myself, I said, David, I love you. I love you, brother, for everything and everywhere you have been, all the mistakes that you've made all the joys you've experienced. I love you just as you are from then. I love you just as you are today. And mm. I love you more not to leave you there. Mm. So it's this idea that is how we embody the idea of contentment is today. I'm good. I love who I am. I embody my journey today and I'm not staying here. Yeah. We're not done. <laughs> we're not done. We're not done. Yeah. We're not done. So it is, it, and it's a really, really nuanced understanding of life because we can become comfortable. And six months later, we're like, wait, are we, th we're still in this, what? Or that's so six months can become five years. Those five years can become decades. And, and it does, doesn't it? It does. It, it, absolutely, it absolutely does. You mentioned earlier, I think in my bio, and I wrote this and I thought, this is kind of funny. I'm going to write this out. First time, I think it's the first time I wrote that in my bio. I am allergic to mediocrity. <laughs> Meaning, meaning I don't want to stay too long where I am. I have things to do and I have to know that I'm content in the moment. I'm not so dysregulated that I can't sit still. That's important. Right. That's actually, a, tra that's, that's actually a trauma response when we can't sit still. Yep. But we can't stay there too long or we become mediocre. We become average. We mm. become who we have always been. So we are consistently, as, as an example, I have mentors and coaches and therapists who work with me, who I invest in to pour yep. back into me so I can do this work for others. If I don't, then I become stagnant. Then I can become a guru. Then I can become the expert, the all-knowing, uh, a very yeah. slippery slope. I love Tony Robbins' whole shtick where he says, I'm not your guru. I'm not your yeah. guru. Tr stop putting me on the top of the mountain and thinking you're trying to be me. Because I put my pants on one leg at a time as you do. We may be in different spots on that trail, but I'm doing my work where I am right now. And that's, that's, yeah. really, that's really the difference. And, and let me speak to this real quick. This just came to me. For those that are listening to this and, and you're coupled, you're in a marriage, and you may be thinking, I want to do my work, but I'm not sure what my spouse is doing. I'm not sure they want to. I'm not sure. I, I feel like that we're in completely different places. 
know this as an example. When I read and said my vows to my wife at our wedding ceremony, I said this, babe, I choose you today because you choose yourself first. This helps me alleviate and disengage from any type of more codependent wounding in my relationship. Because now I'm not dependent on whether or not she's doing her work. I'm not looking over her shoulder and saying, so babe, have you, have you been to therapy? Have you been to your, have you talked to your coach? Are you doing your journaling? Are you doing your meditation, your breath work, your Reiki? What you doing? Huh? 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 And she's not doing the same for me, which is the nuance and the beauty and the power of a relationship is that you are committed. The individual is committed to their own consistent work, mm. growth, healing, and transformation so that then they have the capacity to support the healing of their partner, not heal their partner, but have the capacity to support their partner in their healing. Paige's healing is none of my business. Mm. My mm. healing is, is none of Paige's business. But we choose each other based on what we observe. And today, for example, I'll, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why I chose Paige today. On the day of this recording, I chose Paige today because I cannot wait, Brandon. I cannot wait to see who she's going to become at the end of this day. Mm -hmm. It's rad. I cannot wait to see the inspiration that she's going to pour into herself. As a matter of fact, at, at, at the day of this recording, Paige is not feeling well. She's a little bit under the weather. She's been, quite frankly, she's been more in her masculine energy lately, doing some really mm. important work in our business. And she's feeling the after effect of that. And so she is listening to her body. She's listening to her femininity and she's resting. She's doing some work in bed on the floor with pillows and blankets and all the things that make a feminine woman feel so good. And mm. I love that. She sent me a text and sent me, she goes, this is so great. She sent me a text of a selfie of her building her own feminine fort in the corner of her office. She is on the ground with pillows and blankets in comfortable clothing. She goes, I built a fort. I said, babe, I thrive when I know you are taking care mm. of you. It's the best, man. Yeah. I love that you shared that story, David, because I can certainly relate. I, I, there's there's a lot of odd commonality between our journeys, the the relationship that you and Paige have, and there's some similarities for sure with Ashley and I, her commitment to growth. But she does that kind of stuff, the gets into her masculine and builds some incredible things, mm -hmm. but then goes back to that feminine and rests, working in bed, taking it easy, yep. having comedy movies on while she's doing some light work, yep. knowing her healing and her, what she needs for herself. Because I think there's so much freedom that comes in a relationship like that when someone with, that you're with takes responsibility for their power, their healing, their journey. It's also incredibly attractive and sexy too, to see it manifest mm -hmm. and you see the actions that they're taking and you see the commitment that they have to their growth. That was the thing that sold me on my wife was I had never met anyone who was as committed to growth like not to be, but other than me, like mm -hmm. at that same level. So sure. it really does matter. And I love that you said that, David, because it's about owning our own journey and allowing the space and, and watching. We catch inspiration from our partners when we're like this, but we're not responsible for their state, their happiness. So mm. many of us, I think, get in this cycle 
of thinking we're responsible for someone's happiness or if they're sad, it's our job to make them happy or fix whatever it is. Right. That, to your point earlier, you were talking about the hyperachieving component where you can't rest. Mm -hmm. But if you can't allow someone to be in a negative state or a, an emotion, a hard emotional state, that's more reflection of probably your own trauma still unhealed mm -hmm. because you're trying to fix. You're mm -hmm. being the fixer right now. But anyway, I'd love to, unless you want to speak a little bit on that, but I'd love to unpack how you work. Because I think it's interesting that you both mm -hmm. work with clients mm -hmm. individually, mm -hmm. but both couples, mm -hmm. like both partners in the marriage. Mm -hmm. So I'd yeah. love, to, I'd love yeah. to hear about your work with men and women from a masculine perspective and the work that you're doing. Yeah. So I work primarily with men, women, and couples individually through one-on-one -on -one coaching. That is also a component that is included with Paige's side of the business, which are online self-led and guided courses and programs. So mm -hmm. Paige is an incredible consummate teacher of the feminine. My goodness, we have a course catalog, quite frankly, we call it Surrender University, not officially, but that's what it's called. <laughs> it's called Surrender. And, and within that, she has specific mini courses that help women through all types of the feminine healing journey. Everything from nutrition, to the nervous system, to movement, to sexuality, mm. to the whole thing. And when we come together, I'm working with, in that particular capacity, I'm working with a woman one-on-one, -on -one, and she's also involved in the surrender track, in the surrender programs, in a group coaching capacity with Paige and other women. And so she's mm. getting the masculine perspective, from me, she's getting the feminine perspective and teaching from Paige. And together, we have seen extraordinary results, specifically in the women. We're just now beginning to go down the road for men to where we're going to build some programs and courses for men. Now, as we know, and as you know, women love to get better. Women love to heal. Women love to listen to podcasts and read the books and go to the conferences and sit around with a glass of wine and talk about kumbaya and how they can become a better person. Us men, it's much more difficult road for a lot of different reasons. And I can dive into that, but I will say this healing, the idea of healing itself is a feminine energy. So it is mm -hmm. not a native energy within us men, but it's imperative that we tap into our healing feminine energy to rest, rejuvenate and heal so that we can then step into our power once more. We know a man mm. becomes burned out when all he does is go, 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 do, 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 earn, 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 and doesn't rest and doesn't tap into his healing feminine journey. So mm. it's imperative on both sides. I work specifically with men as well in a one-on-one -on -one capacity that we're seeing extraordinary results as well, where the vast majority of those men are coming to me saying, I want to know, I want to learn what it is to be really masculine because I see all these different, there's so many iterations of what is masculinity these days. And it can be a very confusing landscape. And I provide them the idea of, okay, what if we had this, this, and this, and take them through the masculine, the feminine wounding, have them identify, okay, this is where I'm languishing and begin to, again, connect the dots from where that trauma wounding originated back in childhood. Hmm. That's awesome, man. Wow. And it's incredible because the two angles is great. And I love the course components, the coaching, like you're really blending all these modalities, which is really what it's about. 
And it's interesting too, that you say that because women, I mean, I prove it in my analytics too. It's often more women that are listening or, or tuning into self-development or mm -hmm. personal development because men see this often. It's changing. It's definitely changing because mm -hmm. our discomfort, our struggle often prompts us to get better, which, right. and as achievers, normally men are driven to achieve in many ways, but we get caught up in the doing and the hustling and the, oh, the busyness, but not realizing that our power comes from when we slow down, we drop into that inner state, we can collect from our inner world, and then mm -hmm. we go out and we bring it out into the world. Exactly. Because you, you oftentimes were, again, covering up something, those wounds by hyperachieving. Look how great I am. Look how much money I have. Look how successful I am. We're trying to prove our worth right. because we haven't yet felt our worth from within. And I love that your affirmation you said earlier, because it really does come down to learning to genuinely love ourselves as mm -hmm. we are, where we've been, all the mistakes, all yep. the learning, all the growth. David, I, I pray and give gratitude daily to our creator about the struggles and challenges in my life because they've made me so much stronger and more mm -hmm. of a, an aware, loving human. If I had this incredible life or was from the beginning, I wouldn't know any of these things. So right. it's, it's a complete different shift of perspective when we can look at our challenges and go, their blessings. Mm -hmm. And I love that you're helping men to see that though, because in many ways we we're not native to these things. We don't feel comfortable with it and we see it as a weakness or a vulnerability. And that's the mistake, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, it's, I'll give you an example, Brandon. When we finish recording this, which what we are doing, talking, pronouncing, sharing, teaching, all masculine. So when we get done with this masculine task, I'm going to get up from my desk, from my office and go outside and listen to the birds and listen to the breeze and breathe and look and feel all feminine. I will do that for several minutes to reconnect to my healing feminine energy that will again empower and drive my masculine power to come back and complete my day. So there's, there beautiful. is a beautiful synchronicity that must happen. People ask, so what's, is there a percentage, David? How much I should be in my masculine, if I claim to be, that's my core energy is masculine. There's not a precise percentage, but what I will say is 80%, 75% of who I am and what my day is, is masculine. But that 25%, so vital to how I live because the feminine embodiment is what brings life to the world. The feminine mm. brings life. It brings breath. Literally. Literally brings life. Exactly. <laughs> it literally brings life. And so I have to tap into those elements in order to stay grounded, in order to tap back into my powerful, dominant, strong, devoted, masculine power and energy. And it's amazing that you've discovered that because that's the same journey that I've gone on, David, was understanding that my feminine was what healed my masculine, which allows us to become balanced and powerful and strong in ourselves. And that's what breaks the toxic masculinity cycle that we often know, the, the alcoholism, the abuse, the physicality mm -hmm. where men are using their physical dominance in destructive ways. That's what happens when we don't accept and lean into our feminine and heal that component and allow ourselves to heal from within, doesn't it? We go out Absolutely. and we become tyrants. Absolutely. And I think it's, we watched, Ashley and I, we watched Gone with the Wind in parts. Beautiful, incredible film. It's insane that movie was made and released in 1939. But the tragedy of that movie is you both the main characters 
the love interest in the movie, they right. never heal their mm-hmm. inner stuff. Right. And all they end up doing, even though they both want to be with one another yep. at the end of it, is they just hurt one another instead. Instead right. of taking a moment back and leaning into that feminine from both of them, mm-hmm. they just continue to wound one another. And so many of us do that in mm-hmm. our lives. We want to feel that connection. We want to be whole, mm-hmm. but we don't allow ourselves to do that. Yeah. For you, David, I, I'm sure you see this in your work. How can, if individuals find themselves in that place, what are some things that they can start to do to lean into that feminine, whether they're a male or a, a woman, a man yeah. or a woman? Yeah. The first thing I will say is take the time to pause. Mm. Take one breath. Slow the F down. Yes. <laughs> Slow the F down. <laughs> exactly. I want to, I want to and I, I want to continue this, but I, I think this is an important point. The very last scene there with Rhett Butler is she is expressing her feminine emotions. Scarlett O'Hara is expressing her feminine emotion to Rhett Butler. And Rhett Butler says, frankly, I don't give a damn. Meaning I am not going to validate your feminine emotion. I'm out. He rejected right. her flat out. And that's the most feminine she's been that entire movie too, Precisely, right? precisely, exactly, exactly. So she is coming to him, throwing herself, saying, I am so in love. I want you. I am here to receive you. And he's fed up. Like, nope, I don't give a damn. I, I, I'm out, I'm out. So you know, to your point is Rhett needs a little time. Rhett needs to pause. Rhett needs to take a break and take a breath. And the, the most, as Paige and I say, when we're working in somatics, when we're working with our clients, the most empowering and powerful way that you can begin to heal is simply breathe. Now it's, mm. it's an involuntary action. Clearly we can breathe. I'm breathing right now. I'm not thinking about it. Even as I said, breath, Brandon took a breath, an intentional mm-hmm. breath. If you just take one breath before you take an action, it's amazing what that can do. It provides you space. I don't know if you're a soccer fan, Brandon. I don't know if you're a sports fan. I am there, both. Yeah, yes. There is, I have an indictment. I, I do. I have an indictment on our country of origin, the United States, on why soccer is not as profound in this country as it is in the rest of the world. And it's because of this element of pause, of space, of breath. When we watch a soccer game or football, internationally known, <laughs> it's about space. It's about how much space you can put between you and another player. The reason why Lionel Messi is the best, in my opinion, my humble opinion, is because mm-hmm. he allows space between him and his other player who are passing him the ball. It is why that game is called the beautiful game, not because of scoring. It's not because of hitting. It's not because mm-hmm. of violence. It's because of space. In fact, mm-hmm. an entire game will go by and it's nil-nil. Nobody scores. And Americans look at that and go, boring. I look at that and do call it the beautiful game because it is about space. It's about pause. It's about movement in a way that's graceful, intentional. It's, it, it's, a, it's a beautiful illustration of what healing can be. Mm. And so if we simply take a breath and make space into our life, it's in that space. And by the way, it's in that space that truth is revealed. That's why it's hard for us to create the space. Because when we are quiet with ourselves, guess what comes up? All the voices, all the things that we haven't done, all the shame. And so we stay busy to keep those voices at bay. 
And so what mm -hmm. we are in essence inviting people to do is to open themselves up to breathe, to see the spaces and places that has been ignored their whole life and that they know this is where we provide this, the safety and sanctity and security for them to step into those spaces, but they do not have to do it alone. Man, I love that. It's, I think it's confusing to people, David, because it seems so simple that that can't be the way, but mm -hmm. that's how it always starts. I remember when I was in my early twenties and I was, I graduated college, this is 2008. I graduated in 2007. The economy went to shit in 2008. I was depressed living at home with my dad. And I was ruthlessly on this journey of learning why I was miserable. I knew it wasn't because I didn't have it. There was something in me. Mm -hmm. And what I started to do, David, at the very beginning of that was simply observe myself, mm -hmm. watch my mind, watch the feelings. And the hard part initially is we judge ourselves so critically initially. But if we can just simply observe, right, begin to observe, to your point, mm -hmm. to watch these things, mm -hmm. healing can take place. We start to understand. And, and I love that you talk about validation as opposed to criticism. Mm -hmm. and we talked about it with Rhett and, and Scarlett, how they're both criticizing and pushing one another away. Mm -hmm. Neither one of them validate each other at all, really, at, at any point, except for that moment, really. Right. But, but that's the key is we have to do that with ourselves, too, is we can just simply acknowledge and be aware and just say it's okay. Even if we're, because especially when we begin this, we're a mess oftentimes. Our minds are all over the place. There's mm -hmm. a million thoughts running through. We have all these emotions, but the, there's power in that simplicity of just simply being and observing and accepting as is. Mm -hmm. So I really love that you bring that up because it does begin with the breath, with taking a pause, that feminine energy. And to me, that's why the universe is made up of both of those energies. The masculine is the forthright blazing mm -hmm. forward. But we don't have any of that without leaning into and coming out of the feminine. The masculine comes out of the feminine. Right. That's where our power comes from. Right. So I, I love that you share that perspective. And that's the work that you're doing in your practice with you and your wife. <laughs> David, before we, it's a fast hour, my friend. Um, oh, I'd love I just to, looked at the clock. I'm like, wow, where'd the time go? Yeah. Very fast. So one, we talked prior to the show, I'd love to have you and your wife on at some point in the future to talk Absolutely. about your work together and, and the work that you guys are doing. I think it's fantastic. You're a married couple doing this. The world needs it so, so desperately. But, and dude, there's a lot of things that we could talk about that we didn't even get into. Really, I think healthy masculinity, you, you touched on some of it. But <laughs> before we part ways, a couple of things. How can people get in touch with you? <laughs> and then what would be a parting message that you'd love to share with the audience before yeah, we end the show? Yeah. Well, people can go to our website. Our website is daring-deeply.com. I'll say it again, daring-deeply.com. I'm not responsible if you go to daringdeeply.com. I'm not sure where that'll take you. You may find some things you word don't want to see. Yeah, word of caution. But it is daring. You got to have the dash, daring-deeply.com. There you will find more out about David and Paige Lee, a little bit more of our story and some opportunities to work with us. We have some real easy steps into our programs that people can take advantage of and say, you know what? I want to know more about what trauma is, for example. I want to know more about what masculine and feminine energy is. And you can find that out. We have a very robust presence on, I have a very robust presence on TikTok. Um, I'm there every other day, videos. That's how, quite frankly, that's the vast majority of people who come to us actually come mm -hmm. to us through our social media channels. So we're on TikTok, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we have a YouTube channel, we're on the LinkedIn, we're on all the things. 
So you can search <laughs> my name, David Lee. It's L-E-A, pronounced Lee, L-E-A, and it's Paige Lee. You can find us all over the social networks, and we, we look forward to, to seeing folks come and visit us. Heck yeah, man. That's great. And David, with and we'll make sure to link to all that in the show notes so anybody can find you easily and connect with you there. What would be a parting message that you'd like to share with the audience before we end the show? Yeah. The greatest gift, ladies and gentlemen, the greatest gift you will ever give to the world is a healing you. That's, mm. that's the most important aspect of this. If we work on the individual self, we can change the world, but we don't change the world without changing the self. Mm. That is what I challenge everyone to look into the mirror before they begin to look out the window. Oh, that's a nice little, that would be a TikTok snippet right there. I <laughs> challenge you to look in the mirror before you look out the window. Yeah. You know, David, it's funny. I've never heard that saying before until this, until mm. our show together. Look, don't look out the window, look in the mirror. And it's very powerful. It's very mm -hmm. illustrative of this work. And as scary as it is, there's nothing more fulfilling than doing this work. Like anchoring into yourself and becoming who you are yeah. and then having the opportunity to share that with the world is incredible because mm -hmm. there's something great that lives in all of us, man. There's something that lives in all of us that wants out. Absolutely. Whatever that may be. So absolutely. David, this is an awesome hour, man. I really appreciate your time and the work that you and your wife are doing. Paige, can't wait to meet Paige at some point. I know we'll have to bring Ashley in at some point. You guys are down in Nashville. I still got to find out if my buddy Daniel lives down in Nashville or what part of Tennessee he's in. I told you I would do that and I will do absolutely. that. Absolutely. Now it's on live recorded too. So I got to, I definitely am accountable <laughs> now. So, That's right. Yeah, That's right. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, David, again, appreciate you coming on the show for the audience out there. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. David dropped a lot of nuggets around masculine and feminine energy and relationships and marriage. I hope you find value in it. And with that being said, until next time, y'all. Thank you for listening to Order Within. If you found the episode helpful, please consider sharing, rating, and subscribing. New episodes will be released every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Until next time, y'all.